No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. It's that time of year when it starts getting dark early. Yeah. And it's raining. It's cold. Seasonal depression is a thing that can happen, and we have something that can help you out with that. Our friends over at Melt Premium Mushroom Chocolates are here Whoa. to make sure that the blues of wintertime melt away. Yeah, that's right. I said it. It's going to melt away. Blues of any time of the year. That's true, but we're It'll here definitely now. Do. Yeah, we're here. We're in, we're in fall. They even have sad. It's a thing. That is a thing. So, hey, this is what you can do. You can go to Instagram and follow at Melt Mushrooms, M-E-L-T-M-U-S-H-R-O-O-M-S. And then you're going to DM them and tell them that No Simple Road sent you. They're going to shoot you their menu with 10 flavors. Each bar has four grams of their premium mushroom blend in it and all other kinds of adaptogens and really good stuff that'll make you feel great. And then you tell them what you want. They have a new flavor too. They did. They just released the what? new the new coffee crunch bar. Well, they had coffee crunch, but now it's the new one with stereotype coffee. No shit. Okay. Stere- I'm sorry, stereoscope, stereoscope coffee. Okay. So you tell so them if you no like simple that coffee sent you, and you're gonna get buy one get one half off, and then you're gonna melt your troubles away, man. It's gonna come right to your door. It's easy peasy lemon squeezy. It's the good stuff, and it's coming right to you from our friends over at Melt Premium. Mushroom chocolates. I want a comfy T-shirt. You do. I do. <laughs> From where? All right. Well, I'm gonna head over to Shop Tour Bus. Shop Tour Bus. Yep. They have some of the comfiest, coolest T-shirts that you can get out there. These are these are designs that are taken from Grateful Dead songs and lyrics, and they're like a cryptic puzzle that'll have people guessing. And it's fun when people ask and don't know. You get to explain it to them. And then you might hook somebody else on the Grateful Dead as well. Yeah. That's true. It is a conversation starter. And it is that time of year when people are wondering what to get so-and-so or who's it, what's it for this or that. So It's like who has everything that they could possibly have in their life. That's the perfect person to get a shop tour bus t-shirt or hoodie. T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, all kinds of stuff. Go over to shoptourbus.com or at shoptourbus on Instagram. Check out all the designs and make sure you put in the promo code No Simple Road when you're checking out. You're going to get free shipping from the family over at Shop Tour Bus. These are the dopest tees on the virtual lot. And some of you are even going to get a miracle Grateful Dead bootleg cassette tape 
in which, your order. Which I, I just got to say, yesterday they celebrated their actual seventh anniversary. They have put over 10,000 bootlegs back into Damn. circulation. Wow. That is incredible. That's some magic. And congratulations on seven years in business, Shop yeah. Tour Bus. So thank you, Shop Tour Bus, for being with us all these years. Everybody out there, support them at Shop Tour Bus or shoptourbus.com. If you're in Bend, if you're in Portland, or if you're in Denver, and it's lunch or dinner time, and you're hungry, I know where you should go. Where? You should go to Fire on the Mountain. There's three locations here in Portland. There's two locations in Denver, a brand new location in Bend. And let me tell you, these are the best chicken wings, burgers, pizzas, salad. They even have vegetarian and vegan options available. So you non-meat eating folks don't feel left out of the party. Because it is a freaking party over at Fire Island. It really is. And you can rent it out for a party. Your holiday party's coming up. So think about that if you're in the Portland or Denver areas. We're actually having our holiday party for our office at fire on the mountain oh really for real for real yeah that's happening uh don't forget about fire on the mountain brewing and if you are not in one of the locations portland denver or ben then you can go to portlandwings.com and you can order some of their sauces they even have all their uh, swag up on the website and this is the grateful dead family that's making food for everybody out here and you know that when the grateful dead family does stuff we do it with love intention and a little bit of fun. Well, a whole lot of fun, actually. So go check out Fire on the Mountain. Leave room, leave room for dessert. Leave, leave room for dessert. Leave room. Leave room. There's room. I don't know how I did. I bit my lip when I went to say. I. <laughs> you guys get it. Fire on the Mountain, man. Wow. Far out. No simple road. Yeah, here we go. this question last week <laughs> we're, we're going to cyberspace oh land okay world. here we go here darwin's, we are look at darwin's giving me an attitude he's giving you whale eye he's it's look the at dog's it. giving mel stink eye hey now no simple road family this is aaron it's apple and mel and we're back for another episode of no simple road our guest this week is steven eisenstadt phd he is the author of The Imagination Matrix. And Dream Tending. And uh, he is the one of the founders of the Pacifica Institute. That's right. And he's also a counselor, a marriage and family uh, therapy counselor. He is a, a burning man. Aficionado. A, a, uh, well, he, alumni yeah. of many years. I, of I forget the, the name. Of, heebie-jeebie. Well done, <laughs> Mel. Heebie-jeebie camp at, yes. at, uh, at Burning Man. They... Uh, they help a wellness there. Yeah. They help folks that are having difficult times. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to hear so they're, they're busy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Actually, actually he, that is what he, he says say in, that. in the interview. Um, this was an incredible interview and like leading up to it too, like starting to research like we do for 
you know, sometimes we know who we're interviewing and we want to, right? And other times we want to, but we don't know. Well, yeah, sometimes <laughs> right? it's, sometimes we reach out and sometimes we're reached out to. Yes. And this was one that we but, were reached out to. Yes. And so preparing for that, it's like understanding, you know, why people are reaching out to us. And, and especially if it's not music, that's, that's oh, why yeah. I'm talking about it because it wasn't music. And the content of the conversation, I think, will help anybody who sleeps. <laughs> so that means everybody that listens. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah, right? I mean, if you don't sleep, you have way more problems than dreams and, and whatever. But this this will absolutely help anybody that is a nightly sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> Even an occasional sleeper. I, I am a more than nightly sleeper. Oh, I yeah. like to sleep a couple times a day, but um that's a good program right there. What sleeping a couple times yeah, a day? Yeah. Yes. Well I've always been very dreamy. I'm I'm a person that I'll has, say has oh, thanks. <laughs> has very vivid, um e- extremely odd dreams. And so any information I can glean from that odd, um, juxtaposed, disjointed world that's in my head, if I can have some tools that will help me make sense of that and assist me in my creativity and my daily life and well-being, I'm down to learn those tools. You know, that's he talks about some stuff that is kind of revolutionary to think about you know to ask um your dreams and the characters and and people in your dreams for help in in this life and we talk about it and you'll hear about it but that was a really hard concept for me to kind of grasp my head around like how the heck but of of course of course these things are not easy but they are accessible to us especially with all the stuff that's coming out or find so much more um, advancements and people have been actually able to study things for a while so there's reasons and um you know methods to help you and so i just think that like i said anybody who's interested in dreams or is a vivid dreamer like aaron is um, I know Sydney, our daughter, is very um, dreamy Dream as well. Dream-centric. Yes. Um, and, you know, people get messages through their dreams. And just because oh, yeah. you're not remembering your dream uh, doesn't mean you're not having them. Wow. The the book is available everywhere now on Amazon, Apple, Audible, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, it came all out on that. the 24th. Um, you can go to dreamtending, D-R-E-A-M-T-E-N-D-I-N-G.com. And click on the the banner at the top and click on books. And it's all of his books that he's released. I want to read you the the little clip here that's on the website for the Imagination Matrix because it's going to do way more justice than me, Apple, or Mel could do for this thing. Discover how you can optimize the power of your imagination to unleash your innate genius and build a better world. If ever there was a time and a place to reconnect with imagination, that place is here. That time is now. For anyone looking for a new way forward for yourself, your community, and our struggling planet, Stephen Eisenstadt, Ph.D., offers a powerful message of hope. The trailblazers are people like you, the seekers, creatives, dreamers, doers, who are willing to and ready to tap into a collective purpose so vital, so vibrant, 
so resonant in the world today. I mean, wow. Yeah. That. Well, and, and okay. So if we're going to read just a little bit, um, Steven Eisenstadt, world renowned professor of depth, psychology, imagination, specialist, entrepreneur, and wow. founder of dream tending. He, imagination specialist. I know. Um, Steven Eisenstadt has devoted his life to understanding the profound wisdom and healing power that exists within each of us. Through our dreams and imagination, we are able to access limitless creativity and innovation, improved relationships, and ultimately our human potential. And this isn't like, um, I tried to, I got a little heady with him in, in the, in the interview and he was very, uh, brass tacks, you yeah, know, grounded. He, this is not some like high minded, weird thing that's not accessible for for everybody this is like like mel said if you sleep you can do this his work is literally for everybody there's not like oh i don't like that music or that that's not my vibe (laughs) this is not that this is he is a doctor and he is a specialist and And, and clearly about a universal thing that we all do and clearly involved in the psychedelic community that we're all a part of in as far as Burning Man goes and Tomorrowland and and the festival he understands that realm right but this is somebody that is obviously like it's in his name he's a PhD and he's coming at this from a very um medical uh, yeah a background very medical kind of a background and so it's a I would, w- I'm really excited for all of you to hear this and I would urge all of you to go get the book. If, if you're interested in dreams and ways that you can better utilize them and you know, even the thought of utilizing a dream is revolutionary all in, in itself, but to better do that and, and to bolster your creativity and your connection and your purpose here on the planet and finding more of that through your dreams, I think is something that our no simple road family would be down to learn about. So that that's who we're having on the show today. What do you, what does everybody think? Sound cool? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Woo. <laughs> All right, let's do the business and we'll get you to the interview. Follow no simple road. If you would at no simple road on Instagram, Go to www.nosimplerod.com. I have an announcement to make. If you didn't hear the announcement on the Monday's Rewind, No Simple Road on December 7th is hosting the No Simple Road Holiday Get Down at the Get Down. Yeah. Oregon. Tickets are on sale now. You can go to nosimplerod.com. You can also go to the Get Down PDX and click on the the advertisement. We have an all-star lineup of musicians from almost all of the jam scene here in Portland. We have members of world's finest Bodie Mojo, lost ox family mystic sponge and Garcia birthday band joining us to play grateful dead music with music and conversation with us. us. And um, tickets are available. Early bird tickets are on sale. Now they're 15 bucks. That's a great deal for a really sweet night out to see all those incredible musicians on one stage. That's true. Price goes up on on, uh, November 10th, I believe. So go get your tickets now. 
and then come hang out with us. It's a little family party. I said, this is the one family party you won't want to leave early. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're not required to bring anything for the potluck. No. Mm -mm. You you don't have to dress up or down. You can do whatever you want. You can dress as an elf if you want. Santa Santa, might be there. A little. Oh, actually, you know what? Any kind of elf. It doesn't just need to be a Santa's elf. That's true. Yeah, we've all That's elves true. are welcome. Yeah, all elves are welcome. Elves, Be ready to build sprites, toys. fairies, spriggans, mm-hmm. brownies. Yeah, all yeah, the whole thing. As long as you can make toys. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's a prerequisite. No Simple Road Family Get Down. There is a banner on our website. You can also get No Simple Road merch. Sign up for our newsletter. I let you all know what episodes are coming out. And hey, I have news about our Patreon. I know what we do like, hey, sign up on our Patreon. No, don't just fast forward past this part. Our Patreon has, is being revamped, upgraded, revamped, uh, redone, added to. There's a whole bunch of new stuff up there, and there's a lot of stuff in the works. Apple, you're what are you doing? Three times a week, you're doing three times. Well, well, so far I've started. I've done uh, three. I which I love Matthew. Uh, thank you for that title. I love the cinematic adventures with Apple. Okay, um, I've done. Three of those now. I did another one this morning because I watched a couple movies last night. Um, going to start doing the weed reviews, just just and just talking about like we do on the show, like whatever we're into, stuff coming up. It's going to be very impromptu, but I really do like doing the cinematic adventures because I watch a lot of movies yeah, and stuff. So and, if you need recommendations, and, and I'm not, I'm not a critic. That's the one thing. Like, like I'm. I'm not critical. Like I can usually find something good in everything. So I'll be throwing out a lot of stuff, even if you don't like it, that there's, I usually find the good in most things and I love watching stuff Um, and throwing out weird band suggestions. Like I did yesterday. Right on Apple. Thanks for doing that, man. (laughs) And then also, and jokes. We have. Did you guys see my joke? We did. No, I, I, I saw I your joke about that. the witches. Don't. don't okay. Yeah. You got to go on Patreon. I will. Patreon. I will. I will. It's uh, kind of tacky. Also, we have Andrew Sachs from At Some Sexy Art. Andrew. Is doing his filet mignon. It's Andrew's No Simple Picks. So he is picking the best jams from around the jam scene and giving you a little something awesome to listen to once a week and he's super active and so he's coming yeah. out with stuff that a lot of us don't know yeah about. man this first one was a 17 minute eggy jam that is just sick so uh and then connor is our grateful dead archivist for no simple road he is going to be putting up weekly deep cuts of jerry garcia band and the grateful dead so there's a lot going on on patreon that if you're not a patron you're missing out on all this cool shit that's happening over there. We are also continuing side roads. And uh, look, if you were to sign up on Patreon for five bucks a month, that is 12 cents a day. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. no, for real. For real. That's yeah. 12 cents. If No Simple Road isn't worth 12 cents, man. We're worth 12, we're worth 12 cents. cents a day. And so, I'm also doing a tarot of the day. That's right. Mel's picking a tarot card every day or a... a An oracle or, or a tarot card. And um, I am either... you know I have different ways I'm going to put it up. Sometimes I'll just do it as a video. Other times I'll make a post and... Yeah, I thought well, we could all like learn something, you we're know, all like pitching in. Yeah, we're and all that, pitching in. And that's how it should be. Darwin even told me this morning that he would like to start adding a little something. So keep oh, an eye really? out for okay. Darwin, maybe 
who knows what Darwin will be doing? He may be talking about us behind the scenes. You never know. In, in all seriousness, um, it was a really good thing, a kind of a, a kick in the butt that we all needed. Not Aaron. When I say all, I mean me, Darwin, and Apple. Um, to like participate more in the Patreon and just in the after show, you know. Yeah, stuff. there's more that happens behind the scenes. Yes. Yeah, and, and thank and well, then thanks again, Corey. Corey yeah. kind of gave us that kick in the butt. And yeah, while well, he was here, he, he did. The, yeah. yeah, I heard from Corey today. He's doing great. Good. We love Good. you, Corey. Yeah. Uh, that is Patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road. And look, man, sign up. That's all I'm saying. You're missing out on some really cool shit over there. Uh, and also, sometimes we know if you need to take a break. So take a break and come back when you can. Yep. Also, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That really helps out the show. Please do that. We need one for November. It's my birthday month now. Aaron's birthday month. And Happy birthday month. I would month. appreciate if somebody would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts it'll or make Spotify. It'll, yeah. it'll be my birthday gift from you. And, <laughs> and see, I'm not guilting you into it at all. Also, you could tell somebody you love about the show. We'd appreciate that. You can call 971-808-1524. That is the No Simple Road Tepid line. If any of you out there were at the Billy Strings... Um, oh, my God. That was Rumble wow. thing. Yeah, the Royal I, Rumble. I, please call in with a review. I was washing my hands earlier upstairs, and I had s- seen something on before I washed my hands on Instagram with Billy Strings, and I just thought, when I was little... <laughs> I loved wrestling so much. Me like too. it was my alt. I had pictures, posters of wrestling figures on my wall. Like, and then I freaking loved the banjo so much. And like this whole merger, and I was Billy like, strings brought what? your childhood. Yeah. To life. He went <laughs> the total like, ah, so, <laughs> and then, and then they got Chris Pandolfi I to know. be on there. I was like, what? Yeah. It, it, that looked like, the time of everyone's life. Oh yeah, yeah. there's those pictures of Sierra and yeah, Lindsay, oh, yes. Lou, and like they would. That was amazing. They, yeah. That was a full production. They did it. They did it justice. Right. So if anybody was there, call nine seven one eight zero eight fifteen twenty four. Tell us about it. We want to hear Let about it. We'll put it on the show. That's the business. And uh, remember, Stephen Eisenstadt, PhD, has this book out. You can go to dreamtending.com, and that is where you can pick this up. And it's, like I said, it's on all the Amazon and Apple and Audible and Barnes and Noble, all that stuff. Um, Are we ready? Yeah. No. No, we're not. I forgot to tell everybody something. (laughs) Apple wasn't here for this one. So you're not going to hear the sweet, buttery voice of Apple. (laughs) Yeah, damn day job. Yeah. So just the, just a heads up so that you all know Apple wasn't here for this one. All right, everybody, here we go. You ready? Without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Steven Eisenstadt, Ph.D. Hello, hello. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing fine. It's very pl- good. Just got out of the ocean, so I'm happy. Ooh. Nice. Pleasure to meet you. My name's Aaron. Hey, Aaron. And my name is Mel, Steve. Nice to meet you. Hey, Mel. Let me just ask you, um, we have many things going on in the house today. Yeah. So, so I've been exiled into this soundproof chamber. <laughs> That's the good news. Okay. Uh, but I'm hearing, it's different than what I'm used to. So are you hearing any echo or are we good? It sounds actually really nice. Okay. Yeah, there's I can I'm amplified. I, yeah, yes. I can hear yeah. the room a little bit, but it doesn't sound bad. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Yes. Yes, thank you. It's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this one more than any of the others. Oh, really? Why is that? About. Yeah, why <laughs> is that? Oh, because I just came from Burning Man, and, you know, oh. that was very cool. Before that, I was in, at Tomorrow. Do you know Tomorrowland? Yeah, in Belgium? I know Tomorrowland. Yeah, okay. So I'm into that whole gig. So um, then I saw your vision and the intention and the vision behind everything you're doing. And I thought, this is really good. Yeah, we're going to have really fun. in alignment. So I was happy. <laughs> yeah, you've got quite a colorful life and career, you know, what, when you look back, if you were about to, t- you know, tell somebody you first met, like, how would you start your journey? Well, that, that is a good question. Um, you know, I founded Pacifica Graduate Institute, and people ask me that all the time. Did you have a vision that, you know, propelled you? And I, I'm i not sure it was like that. I know it is for some people. It was more, uh, it started in childhood, I think, actually. And I was always curious, and I would have dreams. I Nobody would, you know, parents forever to this day will say, hey, you know, it's only a dream mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're naturally you know, concern because often dreams are frightening and people and particularly children dream of monsters and so on. But I was dreaming a lot and, and I was playing in the backyard, very small little yard. Um, and, um, I just was listening, you know, like kids do my imagination stayed open, which was really helpful. <sighs> There's a story there. Cause one day I went to a place, Zuma, Beach, do you know that place in I California? Grew, I grew up right down the road in Malibu. There you go. Yeah. So I went to Zuma. You'll know the story, and um, uh, you know, you know the big food stands and all the parking the parking lots. Mm-hmm. It's just a civilized together beach. Yeah. But you know, there's that other side. Right? If you go down south, there's that peninsula that goes out of breakwater, and nobody goes there, right? right? And uh, I got curious, and I noticed that. Uh, my parents kind of weren't paying that much attention. So I went around and uh, went over there and it was amazing. I was like, you know, 11 or 12 years old. I think the first thing, of course, is some people didn't have their bathing suits on. That was kind of different. But more important than that is I was at the tide pools there because the tide went out, right? Okay. And I was watching, just watching, you know how the kids do and how I was doing that and noticing all the life in the tide pool was very, very, very wonderful. And then I heard a voice and the voice was from, I would say he must've been 16, maybe 17 years old and kind of a surfer fellow. And he just walked past me and he said, did you know, did you know that rocks can talk? And I thought, whoa, okay. I thought that <laughs> actually, <laughs> but nobody else. And you know, when you're 12 and there's a 17 year old, that's a God. Oh I mean, that's yeah. Not just yeah. Another guy. For them to even pay attention to you is a big deal. (laughs) A big deal. Yeah. So that was, I think that's honestly where it all started. And, you know, there's story after story. So I was following a a sense, a path, so to speak. And one thing then led to the next. And I was teaching junior high school, middle school, those kinds of things. You mentioned always being a dreamer. What made you decide to start writing books on that? What was the thing that drew you to that because i mean you know you mentioned going to burning man and 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 tomorrowland and that's a lot there's a lot to unpack there but i think the world of dreams is there's even more 
Yeah, the world of dreams I've learned all through the decades now is extraordinary. Um, it is. And I was in college uh, at UCLA and I was, um, you know, it was the 60s when I grew up at that point. Mm -hmm. And well, it's really the early 70s, but Vietnam was raging and it was it was hard. You know, a lot of my friends were caught in that, just like the world of today, frankly. Right. Um, and there was a lot of, of pain and angst, pathos. So in addition to the advocacy, you know, really putting myself out there and orchestrating and organizing and like a number of us did, particularly in support of the people we knew, our friends, um, something else started to happen. I was getting I was getting agitated like so many were. Uh, and I'll never forget that I was in a, a small, well, back then we called it a commune. I would today call it just a collective of people that were living in a house going to UCLA in Santa Monica. Um, and I was talking with my roommates and one of the women in the in the, our place, her, her father was a therapist, right? Well, I didn't even really fully know what that all meant, actually. Right. But she said, Steve, I see you're getting kind of agitated. Look, why don't I arrange it so you go see my dad? So I did that. And he got he asked me about dreams. First time anybody really asked me about dreams as if they had value and purpose and meaning. But he did. And I started sharing. And that was the beginning of really something quite valuable. He then said, look, you're way into this. You know, it's more than just casual, you know, and I was really experimenting with different kinds of consciousness and different states of awareness. And it was back then the human potentials movement was unfolding. And uh, to this day, you mentioned Burning Man, I mentioned Burning Man, you know, still there's that <laughs> yeah. engagement with different perceptions, ways of seeing, which is what the new book is all about, the imagination matrix. It's about journeying in deep imagination. But dreams, we're the portal. We're sure that. And uh, then to I got where? Portal to where? Well, they're the portal to the psyche, to the autonomous psyche. Now, most people think dreams will um, talk about the events of the day. And, you know, I worked with dreams and held dream workshops for a long, long time now in all parts of the world. And yes, dreams do have that capacity, right? They do um, comment on the last four, 24 to 48 hours. They'll underscore what we're missing, what we're not perceiving, you know? Mm -hmm. They'll encourage us and affirm, actually. People often miss that. They'll affirm a direction that we're moving in. So there, there's an intelligence, and particularly comments on, on the events of the day and then on our history. Because if something in our history gets triggered by an event of the day, a dream will more often than not make comment. So what about people who don't dream that often? What, are they not, or, or remember them, because I'm sure that is happening. Is there not messaging or, or portals being opened in that sense? Yeah, and the, truthfully, now we have all the science and the measurement tools and so on. So we know that REM sleep is the dream state. And we know that people go through those cycles three to four times a night and we need to dream. So everybody does dream. It's the remembering of the dreams that is sometimes, um, you know, distant and people dream. And so particularly when I'm working with people, some people dream in imagery. So it's what we're thinking about. You know, you actually see the figures in the dream and it is dreamlike. So you have the pictures. But many people dream and it's a mood. You wake up in a bad mood. Mm. 
but they can't track it really back to what happened the night before or mm-hmm. to a partner or a family member or something. You know, it's just something happened. So I will listen to moods in a dream or gestures. Some people, you know, wake up stiff or tight. Or, so we're always dreaming. And in my work, the body is always dreaming. There's a, always a somatic response to the activity of imagination, particularly in dream. So when I work with people and they say, I don't dream, there's just three or four really simple tools that people can use to remember dreams. You know, hard part, the challenge is because, you know, I really have a sense of the generative capabilities and capacities and possibilities that dream offer. The challenge is in the world of today, nightmares and dreams that are frightening, um, you know, the intolerable is often expressed in dreams. And sometimes when I'm speaking in large groups or in all kinds of different forms, people will say, hey, Dr. Eisenstadt, look, I know you have lots of tools to remember dreams and how to work with dreams, but can you just share with me, what are some ways of not dreaming at all? (laughs) (laughs) Turn that off. I I just love a good night's sleep, right? (laughs) So, you know, it's helpful to, I can share the tools with you, but it's really helpful to learn some of the the ways of working with dream, what I call dream tending, to tend to a dream, not to analyze nor interpret, but to tend, to listen to what the dream is offering. I I think it's Uh, odd that we talk so little in today's world about dreaming at, at all. It's something that we feel funny. I think a lot of times telling other people our dreams, um, we spend as much time dreaming as we do at work or more, you know, and, and in a lot of ways, it's literally another place that we're going daily. We're traveling to this other dimension where the rules of physics and time and space and distance don't matter anymore. And there's a whole language that's happening there. And I myself am one of those people I get, Melanie knows, like I dream like crazy every night. It's like an unfolding panoramic movie all night long. And to not talk about that is difficult. So to have some tools to be able to tend that would be really helpful for somebody like me. Is that what your first book is or your second book? Yeah, the first book is called... Yeah, the first book is called Dream Tending. That's the name. And it is a full-on skill set, you know, and it's it's a way of working with dreams. And I give examples and offer tools and story, you know, and um, that that dreamtending.com is the website and people can access that and then get a lot of the tools because I put them out there for everybody to have uh, availability. Uh, I'll tell you, I just got back from Montana three days ago Mm -hmm. in um. In Montana, I was working at a ranch uh, right down below Yellowstone in a place called Time Tom Miners Valley. Okay, and uh, I was working with eighteen people, eighteen people, and we were, were working with dreams, and we worked for like four nights, five days with dreams in that expansive landscape. So immediately, the landscape supports the what you're talking about. You know that other possibility time and space change the natural world the rhythms of nature are very present there what what i'm 
what I noticed, I just just this moment wrote them back 20 minutes before we are talking a note, an email to all of them. And I said, you know, it's one thing to talk about dreams. It's another thing to be in a community of people that are open to sharing dreams with that sensitivity and that valuing. I mean, the way we were connecting with one another, which always happens in all the dream groups, right? It's different because it is vulnerable. Right. It's personal. Yeah. It's I was going to, I was going to ask that, like, I'm have, do you find people that are like really, you know, close to the vest with their dreams? Cause that's like very personal. What if they're dreaming of things that aren't, you know, okay for our world, you know, to talk about. And I think that's another thing that kind of shuts people up about, you know, sharing their dream. Oh, for sure. That's true. And I work with children and I work with, you know, teenagers, I work with young adults, of course. Right. I, I, you know, I did a lot of work actually in prisons working with gang members and you can only imagine the resistance in opening up and sharing dreams, right? Just for exactly now what you're mentioning. So what happens is we have to build trust and we have to build safety, Mm. safety and protection. That's what's really important, particularly if we're going to work with the nightmarish dreams, mm-hmm. the dreams that are, you know, problematic and difficult. Um, and that particularly dreams that re- re-trigger, you know, all kinds of hard places in our life. So with protection and support, you know, that's first. A trust has to build either between me and the dreamer when I'm tending dream mm-hmm. and or in the community of dreamers. Mostly, though, between the dreamer and the dreamer, right? Mm-hmm. I need to trust that I have the resources available to open my curiosity in a safe way to really look behind the veil. Right. Yeah. So, um, your the dream tending your, your first book awakening the healing power of dreams. What type of healing have you seen through dream work? Um, yeah, it is quite, um, something, right? Yeah. Cause so that I, sounds, you know, <laughs> kind of off yeah. the wall there. Yeah, but I, I'm trained as a marriage family therapist and licensed clinical psychologist, you know, so I I do a lot of work with people in a lot of emotional and psychological states of, of hurt and trouble. And dreams are very, very helpful and healing. They are in the sense that dreams will offer us another possibility. We'll see the side that we're so scared or anxious or you know, agitated around that we can't ordinarily see. And I think the real takeaway is that dreams offer the resources that are so helpful. They'll offer those figures in dreams can be very supportive. And just I'll share a quick story. The, um, you know, I had the privilege of spending a lot of time with Joseph Campbell when he was alive and he was a person that was very instrumental in helping me found Pacifica Graduate Institute. Um, and, uh, I'll never forget. He said to me once, look, Steve, um, there's this young man up North, you know, and he said, uh, he's making movies. He did, you know, Joseph was of a different generation completely. <laughs> and I said, yes. Yeah. And he's read the hero with a thousand faces, which is the you know standard book mythologically that people read and so many screenwriters and movie makers. I mean, it's their, you know, the grail at this point. Um, And it talks about the hero and the heroine's journey is what it's about. And uh, he said, yeah, uh, this guy, his name is George, George Lucas, George Lucas. That's who it is. 
And of course, I had gone to UCLA and the SC and UCLA's film schools were connected, right? So I had seen his first film. I said, Joe, I think it is really probably a good idea to go and visit just to, you know, see what it is. Well, you know, next time I saw him, he said, fine young chap, that man. <laughs> I feel really good about him. I think he really gets it. I think he gets this work. <laughs> and then so. we come to storm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a strange thing to think that we can use our dreams for something, right? That notion itself is a uh, outside notion. Can can you explain to us a little bit about how we can start to use them to benefit ourselves? Yes, hundred percent. Well, let's just carry that story that I just shared just one step further and we'll get right to the usefulness sure. dream, right? So Lucas creates Star Wars, of course, the very first. And of course, now it, it's so elemental. It's so real that generations of Star Wars have, you know, blossomed. <laughs> from, so um, even the little ones that are two, three years old, there's animated versions. I and know, it's just it's... everything. It's everywhere amazing. Right? and in 3d or virtual reality or augmented realities it starts with the star wars template more often than not and the get the deal is like when luke in that uh movie that story it's a universal story it's a mythological motif actually but this is how one can really use dreams functionally to really support yourself ourselves you know he comes up against one of the most terrifying figures that he's going to know when he bumps into the Darth Vader figure, right? Mm -hmm. That is a really terrifying figure. That's the end of the world, that figure. Mm -hmm. So we all know that it's not for all of us, the end of the world, but it's really that one, yeah. you know, that figure that really has got a grip on us. That's really hurtful in us. Some people experience that one as a critic or a judge, you know, or that one is rejection, you know, that one, whoever embodies that type of energy. Right. Well, Darth Vader does. And what did Luke do? You know, what did Luke do is he had to find with the support and protection, remember who was there with him, Obi-Wan Kenobi, support, mm -hmm. connection, Yoda, right? Offering him the skill set. And the wisdom. Yeah. In a dream, like in a nightmare dream, what happens is he has the skills. He lets go of his training at one point and follows his curiosity, which is what the new book, The Imagination Matrix, does. It starts with following your curiosity. Oh. He lets go and he follows something else. In that instance, the force, right? Mm -hmm. The mask that Darth Vader is wearing is taken up, right? And who himself. does he see? Yeah, his father. Who does he see behind the shadow, behind the difficult. He sees perhaps one of the most important support figures in his life, right? Right. His father figure. Dreams offer the same possibility. They'll picture those images. They'll give the feelings or behaviors that are so difficult or somebody outside of us that's been very difficult to live with or to be with. They'll give that a dream image, mm -hmm. a character in the dream. And then we, we can learn the skills and the tools of how to approach that one and look behind the mask behind the veil to see what's the generative quality, not only the frightening quality that's in the dream. So in a way, the dream is allowing us to confront 
those feelings, emotions, or things within ourselves that we are unwilling or unable to face in the waking world in a way it's it's showing it to us in a way that's i don't want to say palatable but figurative so that we can absorb it so that we can come to see it and understand it yeah yes i mean i don't want to idealize because i've done this for decades it's frightening a nightmare dream comes it's scary yeah it is. And it's it's not appealing and it's difficult and there's torment and <laughs> yeah, there's torture in the whole thing. Yet that's part of what perhaps is going on in our life, in our living experience. Yeah. So we'll do a lot of things to get away from that. Thankfully, right? We'll distract ourselves away. We'll medicate ourselves away. We'll psychologize ourselves away. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things. And, you know, yes, you know, of course, we're trying to support ourselves and come to ease. Dreams will bring up those topics. But I have yet to meet maybe just a 2%, you know, in some very severe instances. But other than that, dreams come both with both the, the hard parts, the difficult, you know, the torturous, as well as the resources that are useful to really deal with those figures, right? And to really come to terms with that, to look behind the veil, to really see what is possible. What is a life? Just imagine all of us. What would it be like to be in the world without that one, that force, that figure, that energy, you know, gripped by the hard places? What would it be like not to be gripped there, but actually to be, you know, into the generative capacities mm. of those figures? That's a whole different thing. Yeah. yeah move, to, to move through it instead of yeah. bump up against it. Well, I, I can think of very few things that as a 51, almost 52-year-old man that make me scared. You know what I mean? Like, I, There's a few things, but a good nightmare will do it. You know, you wake up it in the will. middle of the night and the lights are off and it's scary. And, and the, it's visceral. It's, a, it's almost a tangible feeling in the room. I've, I've had nightmares where I've actually felt the nightmare, like the, the energy of the dream carry over into waking where I feel like it's still happening once I'm fully awake. Oh yes, for sure. We'll wake up gripped by the terror or the fear or the overwhelm. And then we wake up often we'll be tight, sometimes sweating. I mean, it's not, I don't want to, it's, it's tough. It's <laughs> you hard. don't want to minimize how yeah, yeah, yeah. big dreams are. I have a question yeah. about like, okay, in your, in your studies and all these years, you've had to have come across and talked about like, you know, sleep paralysis or, you know, those types of things. What, what happens when you're getting into that type of world where, it seems as if the dream kind of is in reality and, and you literally can't move. Cause I know I've, I've experienced that several times. Yeah. And that's pictured sometimes like in the dream, I'm just frozen or in the dream I'm running in place and I can't Ugh. make yeah. movement. Right? right. There's all kinds of that. Uh, and then we're just like, yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. Tight and clenched and Ooh, we can't move. You know, the psyche is saying something to us. We have to imagine that where do dreams come from? That's going to help this conversation a lot. Where do dreams originate? Now, you know, people that are dreaming 
imagine that dreams, they'll see themselves in the dream. Usually I'll see a figure that looks like Steve in the dream, right? And that happens like a lot of the time. But if I'm in the dream and there are other people, other figures in the dream, the question becomes, if I'm in the dream, who's dreaming the dream? You see, who is dreaming the dream? And it may not be the ego. It may, may not be the singular I that we are, you know, conditioned to really have high regard for, obviously, and to we identify with. But no, you know, I think it's the figures in the dream that are actually the makers of the dream. So that's the place oh. of the psyche. The psyche is dreaming the dream, and we are one part of the many, the landscapes, the characters, the moods, the activity in the dream. You know, we're part of that, but not the, necessarily the director and the conductor. So paralysis happens. Holy shit. In you that know, instance or period? period. No, when a, uh, when the dream of paralysis comes, yeah. you know, think of it's me in the dream yeah. that is stuck. But then my body actually feels it stuck. Right. But who's dreaming that dream? Yeah. The psyche is dreaming that dream. And if that's the case, it might be, wait, I'm frozen now. What is the psyche asking of me? What is the dreaming psyche? What is the deep imagination? What is the imagination asking of me? What am I asked to slow down and really look around to see who else is here now? Because mm. I'm going so fast in my life. I'm doing this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. So this, if we go to that intelligence, you know, what, what else is being asked of me now? And nine times out of 10, there'll be a little bit of the dream that shares information about just that. What's the pull of my future? What's the dream's desire? Where is my life purpose in the stream? If I'm speeding so fast and now I'm just completely frozen, what am I, what am I asked to slow down, mm -hmm. slow down and really bring awareness, bring my attention to what and to who? If you're trying to eat better, we made it easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just, guess what? two minutes you'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week including mm, calorie smart protein plus and even keto and there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long so what are you waiting for get started today and get after your goals man they have two minute meals that fuel you up fast with factors restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are they are flexible with your schedule so you get as much as you need really fast and factor really does it right it's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required so here's what you're going to do you're going to head to factormeals.com slash no simple road 50 and use the coupon code no simple road 50 to get 50 percent off that's code no simple road 50 at factormeals.com slash no simple road 50 and get 50% off. Look, not many places are giving you 50% off. Go try it. You're going to love it. You get it for half off. It's a whole thing. Go check out Factor. That, I mean, <laughs> there's the, a lot there. <laughs> the, the thought, the thought that it is not us that's doing the dreaming yeah, is, is a wild, very, um, that's a big statement. So, so dreams can be sent. Is that a possibility? I mean, I guess anything is possible. <laughs> just, just in your, cause I'm yeah. sure you've seen so many different instances or, or heard of. So like you've got just like a, a, a million of them in your head 
And so yeah. when you have such different things to pull from such so much, so many parts of information, you know, and so when you're, you're saying something like this, it, it just seems unplausible, but because you've seen so much, it, it, it makes sense. And, and it's not just, you know, makes sense. It's, it's proven. Well, that was, that was what I wanted to ask is after doing this kind of work and talking with different people and working with different dreamers and, and yourself, have you started to see a language emerge from all of this, a common, um, uh, imagery and like signposts that are consistent from different people? Yes, for sure. Um, let me, well, let me just share just a bit, just because we want to keep it on the ground a little bit. We don't want to get too esoteric, yeah. you know, forever when I'm working with people that are dreaming, it'll be particularly with, with partners and particularly if they, you know, are close with one another, one person will be in New York. The other person will be in LA, you know, and then each of them are dreaming that night. Mm -hmm. Then by chance, they have a telephone conversation or they're on zoom or they're communicating in one way or the next. And they share the dream with each other. Oh my goodness. You just shared the exact dream that I was having of you. We are communicating mm -hmm. through the dream time, through time and space. And that happens all the time, honestly. Wow. And people are always surprised, but in that medium, in that quality of consciousness, I do think we are sending and receiving in ways that are not um, linear and time bound, right? What they, the, same, the same thing was occurring when um, in that book, uh, the spirit molecule, when they were doing the original test with dimethyltryptamine and they had study yeah. participants on either coast, they were experiencing the same thing when they were breaking through with these entities and whatnot. And I think yeah. it just speaks to the fact that we're all part of one cosmic web of energy and we're tapping into whatever that thing is when our ego and our um, default network are all shut down, then we're touching this ineffable greater, whatever it is. Well, now that takes us right to why I wrote the second book. <laughs> awesome. That web, Let's talk that about the web. book. <laughs> That's right. what I named the imagination matrix, the tapestry, the web of consciousness that is interconnected. Right. And it then dreams become even more extraordinary. And in the book, I, I don't start, you know, way out in left field. I started at right at the at ground level, but really talk about dreams as part of imagination and in turn part of a web that does have an interconnectedness to us. And yes, well, some people, like a lot of people dream of similar things, right? Well, they do. The inflection is different mm. often, but the quality of the essential imagery or the dream theme is similar. Like, like uh, falling or flying, mm -hmm. right? Or house or water. I mean, the big one in the world of today, of course, is intruders, right? Mm -hmm. Or being infected. Um, also of beauty yeah, and, you know, the angelic. Right. And that's because those images are personal. And also as Carl Jung and so many others in the field of depth psychology have suggested, they have a mythological or archetypal valence as well. So I'm just about to go to China again. May that be a safe experience? Yeah. I go every year. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
and I work with people in China and all over the world. And there are certain images or configurations, regardless, you know, in the human experience that really do come forward that have an archetypal or a collective quality. They're similar, yet, of course, particularized for the culture. Right. But there are certain structures that do seem to be uh, similar for folks. Yeah. Huh. I, I feel like this is a lot like trying to explain um, a psychedelic journey. I feel like we don't have the correct language to properly explain what we're experiencing when we dream. I know that um, Mel and I have like a joke with each other. Like I, I know I dreamt something and I can remember it, but if I try and tell you about it, it disappears. Like I can have the image in my head. And as soon as I try and, and um, attach any language to it, yeah, we'll say, I can't talk to you about it. it, it you know? Yeah. It, 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 it's like water slipping through your fingers. Yeah. And it, so the work that you're doing, it seems extremely, um, volatile well not volatile uh almost esoteric and it's something that we all do it's it's kind of a juxtaposition there yeah it is it's the most natural thing in the world yeah. honestly it is not esoteric and the second <laughs> chapter in the book uh, imagination matrix has to do with journeying right journeying in deep imagination so it is similar to that kind of journeying that people are experiencing through plant medicines and 18 other uh modalities, but it's journeying. And what happens when we journey into those spaces? What do we discover? And how is that practical? Remember, I'm a, I taught school, I'm a professor, right, right. I work as a therapist. It really needs to be applied and practical. It needs to really support my well-being emotionally, psychologically, and physically. By the way, dreams are extraordinary in their medicinal um capacities oh yeah so they will really support when there's a disease syndrome you know we are ill dreams are fantastic in terms of the resources that we can talk about it one later, sure. a little bit later but yes i think you're quite right the the journeying is the main deal right to right. really and to do that we need to surround ourselves as i share in the book with this the soul i call them soul companions with those figures of the dreams that we befriend that we develop a relationship with, and then we go on journey, right, with them, which is a whole way of being in consciousness that is so helpful. Again, not esoteric, helpful, because we discover resources that are so useful in our lives, right? Particularly if we meet these soul companions, because then, you know, we all, all need a community. We do. I mean, so some people can do it better than others going it alone. But most of us, it's very helpful to have a supportive community. Can you imagine what it's like to have an outer community of figures and then uh, of people and then an inner community, an inner community, right? Of these figures that you meet in your journeys. So you get to befriend them. You have your inner family, right? I mean, I speak at everything from the United Nations to A, B, C, and D, you know, big venues. If I go there, and I can, because I have experience now and I... You know, I can use a little bit of my expertise and I write out the lecture and I can go up on the podium and do the thing, right? Right. I'm doing that. I'm using my rational mind to put it out there. And there's very good use to that. You know, there's utility in that. On the other hand, when I take that moment to first interact with that inner community and then I go up onto that stage, 
or let's not even make it big like that. Or I go into a family situation that's challenging. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm resourced by these other figures. Oh my, oh, what a difference that makes in the quality of life, in the quality of my life. Um, it's really, really helpful. Especially now when, when so many people are feeling isolated and, and alone and left out and other to have something internal that nobody can take away from you. Nobody can infiltrate that space. Those are your paragons, your, your Mm -hmm. pillars that you have to rely on. That's, that's huge. It is huge. I just wonder. And what comes yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, how is that not esoteric? <laughs> well, that, you no, know, the, the, the inside dream aspect part, you know, because yeah. these people or figures or um, characters, however, whatever, however we can call them, they're they're real in that state, but they're not accessible to us in reality, whatever our common reality is. Yeah. So how, I mean, I mean are these like, angels is that esoteric also like how demons like what kind of i'm just trying to wrap my head around the intellectual part and that other part that we can't see and measure yeah so let's talk about that and let me just offer just some very um helpful that i found helpful in my life and people i work with just some basic skills because that'll happen to me too when i wake up in the morning unless they're gone honestly as soon as and most people, when they wake up in the morning, you're not going to believe this statistic. <laughs> you know, the, the question is, what percentage of people wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is go to their cell phone to check for messages, et cetera, et cetera? You're, it's 80, amazing. 80%. How about that? Yeah, you're close. You really are. In, uh, I don't want to be close. <laughs> really? Uh, 87% in the, this country, believe it or not. And then when I'm working in China, it's like 95%. So, but as soon as we go there, you know, we're part of something else. Right. We are part of a web, a network. We are in a network. Different. But the network is, you know, it's monetized and it's the programmer's code is really the essential aspect of that. And, you know, so on and so forth. If we, when we wake up, though, dream, the one computers can do almost anything at this point, except they cannot dream. They can't. They don't dream because they don't originate in the essential quality of our humanity, in the deep psyche, in the imagination matrix. They don't, which is amazing. Now, I don't want to put those in opposition no, because the incredible technology can really assist as tools to actually support. And where does the technology come from at the beginning? It the comes from mind. inspiration yeah. and creativity and from the place of dream, right? From the place of dream. But like you, if I get up and I go to the cell phone, go to my work list, go to the tasks of the day, you know, just immediately engage that state of being. Uh, I just, I, and I do this all the time, but I, (laughs) they'll just, I won't be able to share the dream with anybody. So for me, it's in the morning before eyes open, right? There's that liminal place between sleep and awake, that liminal place, and you just hang there for a bit, right? And you probably, keep, it's good to keep your body in a similar posture right there when we're awake, right? Just in that flow, and then have a dream journal of whatever kind, you know, a journal that you can use a pad or a, a pen and paper, whatever it is, and um, and write it down. 
and not necessarily the whole thing, just the hints, what we remember, and that'll really support. Then the question is, now what? Is what you're asking. Now, okay, so I'm now in this esoteric world of some sort that I have not a sense what the hell it means. And what do we do here now? (laughs) So the next thing that's just helpful, just to really keep it, you know, grounded and and actual and, and relatable is take some time and write it out and then make a sketch. Which of the figures comes forward when I just take one step back? Which figure or which scene? It might be an animal. It might be a person. It might be a landscape. It may be a feeling without any picture of a figure. Whatever that is, take a moment and just doodle. Make a sketch real quick. Just make it real. And then you take it from inside of yourself, outside of yourself, mm-hmm. put it on the table right next to you. Do this for five days. Yeah, all of a sudden you have a mosaic of different images and figures, and it becomes more actual, yes. you know, more real. Yes, and, okay. You're, you know, you're almost yes. like, it seems to me you're almost building a bridge. It's only like materializing through, you know, having this kind of like recall and thinking about it and, and having the memory of it. And you can kind of materialize it in your mind's eye yeah and you're giving yourself like something in default reality that connects back to this other place it's like i said it's like a bridge or like a dristy you know like you know in yoga it's a focal point to kind of like you know anchor on to that's really thank you for saying that um i really that helped a lot because I have heard those um, techniques before that you just mentioned about just kind of being in that liminal space and being quiet and then kind of almost even writing if you can with your eyes closed in this pad or whatever. Um, But that other part that you said, it really wrangles it. It's like, now what do I do with this pad? Like, okay, there's a bunch of things written in it. Now what? But going back to it and, and looking over it and kind of like, you know, making these associations, it really does... Uh, start to make it structured and feel like something. Yeah. And let's take it then one more step since we're here. Yeah. Let's let's do it. One more. One more. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. So now they're here, just like you said, right? Mm -hmm. They're here. They're actual. Yeah. Now have a dialogue. Mm -hmm. Really simple. Not too weird. Just, hey, I'm noticing you. And then let whoever that pattern or that figure, that image, have a voice and talk back and just go back and forth two or three times. Let's not make it complicated. What's happening in that process is we're befriending. Mm-hmm. We're getting to know. We're deepening a relationship. Building trust. With the figures. And I'll tell you, when in the uh, Imagination Matrix, I have a whole chapter on what's called imaginal intelligence, right? It is amazing what starts increasing in our human, our life experience, our imagination begins to awaken, right? We're now in in imaginal play. We're now a little beyond the dream per se. We're into something else. We're really working with imagination. We're in the matrix of imagination at that point. And then it gets really interesting because then there's all kinds of things that are possible that are just really, again, you know, for me, it's there. one thing to esoteric it's another thing how do i actually use this work in my life Mm -hmm. to support my emotional psychological physical well-being because once we get those conversations going with those figures (laughs) they share information back with us wow wow (laughs) is that something that you need to prepare for you know like (laughs) you you know what i mean like if you're not used to having a conversation or um you know relationship or communication from 
this other, the other, yeah, we'll just call it other, then that could be unsettling or jarring. It could be. And that's why, you know, it can be. So we do it slowly. There's no need to push the river at all. Mm -hmm. Right. We just slow down and we follow our curiosity. Mm. There's a fun thing. Remember, I start the book with following curiosity. If we really deepen into our authentic curiosity, we're not going to be anxious or depressed. I learned that years ago. So when I'm working with people that are really agitated or anxious, there's all kinds of things. You know, at this point, I've learned all the skills, not all, but many of the clinical skills and different medicines and all that. And it's all helpful. It is. It really is helpful. And to curiosity, when that awakens, that invites imagination in. And it's really difficult to be curious and in our imagination and, you know, in the grip of isolating depression or, uh, you know, the agitation of crippling anxiety. They they don't coexist. They're reciprocal inhibitors, to use that big word. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. so I think, you know, for you, Mel, what is possible is now that you're in the conversation with these figures, right? Just get to know them, not to push the river, just listen, be present, and then take the next step in the day. You know, you go, we go, I do, this is what I do. So I'll, I'll personalize instead of putting it on you. What I do is now I have the day that's coming forward. Now what? Okay. I could just leave it there and that would be it. But nah, that's so. We already already did that before. (laughs) Been there, there, done that. And I, and I love sci-fi, but that's just another sci-fi story, right? Another possibility is, hey, in this day, what one small gesture that cannot cost more than $1 at max will I take on behalf of the conversation I just had? Do you hear what I'm saying? We just bring the work into our lives. You know, it, it's funny what happens because you will, I'll meet a character and it'll remind me, oh, relax, smile, or hey, stand your ground, mm-hmm. you know, in those, these conversations yeah. I'm sharing. And then I'll just figure out during the day, I'll just hold that idea and, and I'll choose a moment where I'll just Ooh, apply oh, it. I'll stand down. Yeah. So that kind of reminds me of like, you know, practicing. I started to, you know, learn an instrument. And what I hear most across the board is if you just practice even 15 minutes every day is better than three hours, you know, twice a month or something crazy. And it's yes. just that consistent you know you're you know the taste is always on your tongue you know there's always something there that you can kind of refer to and so that it really it's it's inviting it into your life not just you know having dinner with it once <laughs> yeah it is a daily practice for me it is yeah it is a daily practice and that's going to take courage and that's going to take a sense of commitment i i you know i have a very busy life so it doesn't take over my life at all it just mm. really, and I, for me, it's in the morning because when I start my morning, my day yeah. in this practice, you know, 15, 20 minutes, an hour at the most, that is the most, you know, right. 30 yeah. minutes, 45 minutes, yeah. then uh, uh, the day is different. I awaken differently. I'm following curiosity and I'm inviting imagination into my life. And when that happens, mm, I have more energy, right? Ooh. I am feeling a sense of ground and home, as I said earlier, a sense of belonging. I have a sense of deep belonging. My goodness, to be in life and have that quality of experience, it's a game changer. Yeah, I'll, it, I'll take it. It, it. It seems to me that this is, 
akin to how we were when we were kids. Right? Like, this is... Everything growing up taught us to not use our imaginations to, you know, Mm. to be rooted in reality, to, you know, quit daydreaming and, you know, whatever. This is the exact opposite of that. Because I remember being in wonder as a kid most of the time everything was mind-blowing everything was the coolest thing ever and I was never bored as a kid like there was always I was making up whole worlds inside my head and people to hang out with and things to do and drawing and you know a million different things and now it only makes sense that getting back to that would be the antithesis of the anxiety ridden, strange, hectic world that we live in. Just to get back to that frame of mind would free you. Like a little antidote, you yeah. know, for what's going on today. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, it is so because children, you know, and I, I in the new book, Imagination Matrix, I have three stories about that. Um, because little ones, children are often, not always, but very, very often naturally playful and spontaneous. Sometimes, actually, they're not even with another kid. Mm-hmm. Their little plants in the room are their little images that they're seeing. <laughs> that, that was me. That was you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of us. It's a lot of us. You know, the imaginal figures that are there now are playmates. And we have conversations with them and we interact with them. I mean... You know, even when you go to the classic stuff of Einstein, when he did relativity theory, and they say, hey, wow, the knowledge. He said, no, it's not knowledge. You know, you can have all the knowledge you need in the world, but imagination, ah, that is the resource where all this comes from. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah. And so it's, and then we go to school. And of course, we're in Western culture and, you know, there's a lot of, uh, expectation that's put on. And then there's a family script that comes forward. So we're trained out of that early on, right. but now it's time, I think, particularly in the world of today, yeah. look, it really is time because we want to come back into imagination, into our creativity. It's no wonder that Harvard business school, what did he just say? Harvard business school. Now, a big part of that is the work of imagination. They figure, yeah, you know, you can go online, you can download all the kinds of, you know, work templates that you need in addition. But, and they, of course, do a brilliant job teaching that. But imagination is really where it is because people know now that is, you know, in a business sense, it's where the competitive edge is. It's innovation. It's the yeah. next evolution of creativity, right? Yeah. So there's real now coming home to the valuing of imagination and that, that's what I really hope this book is going to offer folks, really, is a way to come back home to the deep imagination. Yeah. Wow. I, that, what a great um, message to offer the world. It's something that it's not another like how to, you know what I mean? Like you got to go to the gym, you need to buy this, you know, this Sam, you know, like elderberry juice or something. It's, it's something that is with a little bit of attention and, um, you know, forethought, you can participate within a few days or, you know, weeks time and actually get something um, of value to your life. And that is um, such a blessing to the world. So thank you for offering that and doing that. Like, 
just for every on everyone's behalf. Steve, yeah. the Imagination Matrix comes out on October twenty fourth. Is that correct? Yeah, just days. I'm, days you can away. tell my enthusiasm, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, decade or so working on this wow. because it takes dream work and dream tending to the next evolution. We're now journeying in deep imagination, and dreams become portals through which we begin the deeper dive into imagination. It's, it's very cool. And it comes out, yeah, it comes out the 24th, just uh, days, days from this conversation. So I'm very enthused about that. I I don't want to step back into some of the stuff we're talking to, but I really want to know your thoughts on recurring dreams and what type of, you know, language or messaging is there, you know, being able to either jump back into a dream that you've dreamt or continuously showing up at a dream that you've had? Yeah. Well, there's three, three things that touch me in what you share. Recurring dreams, right? Dreams that repeat again and again and again. Okay. For sure. Remember who's dreaming the dream? The dreaming psyche is dreaming the dream. They're saying, hey, Steve, dude, let me show you something. Uh, he didn't get it that time. All right, let me do it again. Okay. Oh, he didn't get it again. All right, let me do it again. I'm going to amp it up a little bit this time, but we're going to do the same dream theme, right? So first and foremost, I think it really is saying, hey, I want your attention. I have never, never in my professional and personal experience found when I'm working with a person and a recurring dream, it is not of significance. Wow. It is really a very important to revisit recurring dreams because they carry so much for us, right? They do. And um, so when people share that, I go, yes, let's talk. Let's really work with the skill set. Let's go underneath and hear what's being offered here, right? Yeah, what is being offered in the recurring dream? And the other piece is, you know, as we've been swimming in the sea of consciousness, <laughs> you know, and creativity and imagination. Um, dreams were never back then, and they're never really out there. They exist <laughs> in the immediacy of presence. So even though a dream came 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five weeks ago, right? Yeah. When I share the dream with you, it's here now. Oh, yeah. It's yes. Here. Yes. It's here in the immediacy of right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it def definitely is not um, part of regular space time. It, it it has a the proclivity of stepping outside of that and even telling like you said even telling you like a dream that I had ten years ago brings it right now into this present moment because I don't I don't think yeah. that thing even lives here ever lived here in the first place it's, it's sometimes elsewhere. dreams can feel like a memory that like in your real yeah, life yeah. that you've had as I like, guess a kid. It can feel like a dream, recalling it the same way the memory does. Yeah, let's listen to what you just said. It can feel like a dream, right? So, you know, there's something called waking dreams. It's not a dream when we close our eyes and something comes awake, right? That's the dream that we're more familiar with. But they're waking dreams, and we all know it. We're walking down the street, or we're in the country place, right? And something, our mood changes and the light shifts and we see things just a little differently, you know, our lenses of perception open. It just happens. Yeah. And it's dreamlike, waking dreams. And that's the, you know, place of the imagination and the imagination matrix. We're now a participant in the matrix of imagination.
information. And in a lot of ways, we're going to work with that in very similar kinds of ways, but we're going to navigate and bring different skills and tools to that kind of experience, really. Wow. It's very common for all of us we, when we bring our attention, you know, and our awareness to it. The last thing I want to say before, because I know we have to get going, but the last thing I want to ask is you were mentioning that like locations can play a big part in dreams and they can speak to you. When you're somewhere like Burning Man, what, and you're, you know, you, all you have to do is linger in Burning Man. I can't imagine you're setting your alarm for things. So when you're dreaming in that, you know, in those types of kind of heightened, heightened awareness with so many people that are open and what have you had any specific, um, you know, grand memory or some type of shift or maybe even yeah. something that th from the book or anything that could, you know, yeah. that you could share? Well, yes, that's a beautiful question. The, uh, in the, in the book, the imagination matrix, I actually have written a whole bunch about not a whole bunch, but a big section on the burning man experience. Oh, I tell a story. Cool. I yeah. can't wait for the book. I'm so excited. Me too. <laughs> but now what I do at burning man is I work in the, in a camp, because in Burning Man, there's lots of different camps, sure. right? And I am part of what's called the heebie-jeebies camp. So it's, you know, everything's given a, a name that is fanciful and, you know, and I am, this is a camp of what we call healers, right? So there are people that are doing somatic body work. There are people that are doing dream work. There are people. So I am one of the persons that I'm sitting on the playa, which is the sand. <laughs> in a tent and the people will come and they're usually in some kind of, you know, distress of one sort or the next. That's why they would come because they're hurting them. You know, when you're at Burning Man, it's everybody's vulnerable and open yes. and not everybody, but 90% right. vulnerable sure. and open. And um, so, you know, stuff, whatever you're dealing with is going to come forward and they'll seek us out. I mean, we just, it, it's not, there's no uh, lack of business, let's say. There's lines. The bikes are coming and the lines are forming. But what I love about that, what I love about that work is when I'm working in imagination, that's why it's part of this new book. When I'm working in imagination there, you know, we're already in the imagination. You're immersed mm. from the beginning, the art carts, the dancing, the lights, the community, the connectivity. It's not a music festival at all. It's something else. Yeah, yeah. It's very creative and artistic and engaged. Well, how amazing is it? How Think of what it's like for me. It is like, I, I feel it's one of the highlights of, you know, my year. I'm, work, I'm working with people. There you have 40 minutes at most, 30 to 40 minutes, you know, not four months, not like a session every week for four months. Right. So you have the ability to not necessarily go through a particularized diagnosis, develop a treatment plan, then schedule out four months. No, you're there. You're in presence. Your humanity is completely mm. here now. Now, of course, we all draw on our talent and our skills and, right. our, you know, access we and our experience. But now we're there. And the point I'm wanting to make is, okay, we work and then the work doesn't end there, right? You're going to move from that imagination right back onto the playa. So the imagination of the collective of that community experience is going to greet you as soon as you walk outside of that healing tent. <laughs> have, you, have you been wait, to Oregon wait. Country Fair? No, I have not. That sounds oh, great, Steve. It sounds great. It it's, is Steve. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It's Burning Man in the forest. It's been going oh. on for fifty years. It was started by Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters in Venita, in Oregon, oh. and it's 
been going on for 53 years and, and uh, we were part of the spoken word camp last year. There's different right. camps, just like Burning Man. And yeah. you would, I, I just had a vision of you on one of the stages <laughs> at Oregon Country Fair talking. I, I need to, to introduce you to those folks so that you can. Oh, please do. Yeah, yeah you do already. Sure. I'm ignited from inside out already. You know, yeah. it's, what a pleasure this has been to get into your dream mind and mm. to, for you to share. Like, I I was excited about this all day. Yeah, we, were, we were both. But, and, and I listened to another one of your interviews and I, that pumped me up a little bit more because I got to hear a little bit different answers and, you, you know, like deeper into a, something else that we didn't talk to. So I, I'm really appreciative of your time and your your expertise and sharing and thank you again, like for the work that you're doing and you continue to do. And thanks for spending time with us. Steve. Yeah. It's very gracious of you. I know you're busy. And, uh, this, like Mel said, we were super excited to meet you and this was this, it went too fast. I, I, I just scrolled and I was like, Oh shit, we're almost, we're almost out yeah. of time. <laughs> yeah. um, I your, feel the same. I with, feel the same. With yeah. your permission, I would like to give your publicists information to the spoken word folks at Oregon country fair. With my permission. Yeah. With that, my is that enthusiasm, cool. my enthusiastic cool. permission. Yeah. And, you know, I hope it's okay, but we'd love to have you some back, um, back some time if you have, you know, enough time, like, or if you come up, you know, I, you're, you're said you're a busy man if you have other things going on, but like, I feel like we kind of just talked about the tip of the iceberg here. I would love to, in some further time, do a, episode two or something I, else. I, genuinely, I'm not just saying this. No, yeah. I, I would love to come back and be with the two of you. Thank cool. you so much. Thank you, Steve. You have right. a, have yourself a wonderful evening. I'll, I'll send your, yes. I'll forward your, your info to those folks. And trust me when I tell you that time of your life. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> awesome. All right, right on. We'll have a wonderful day. Safe travels. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Bye. Well. That was in- insane. I, we have to go. I I can't. You gotta leave I, I right gotta now? leave right now. Oh. I have to. I, I my mind is blown. I have to digest it. But now I'm going now you're to gonna go see Cypress Hill. Get my mind blown uh, again in a symphony. Yes. Okay. I love you. Love you too.
One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.